If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. I'm Ross Simmons, the host of Create Like the Greats and the CEO of Foundation, one of the top content marketing firms in the world, working with some of the most ambitious and biggest names in software as our clients. On this segment of the show, what I like to call my journal entries, I take you behind the scenes into my world. In my journal entries, I share what greatness means to me as an individual, as a creator, as an entrepreneur, as a dad. But more than anything, I give you a glimpse into the problems, the obstacles, the challenges, and the solutions that I'm toying with and playing with and experimenting with on a regular basis. In this episode, I'm going to dive deeper into the concept of artificial intelligence. If you've been noticing the last few episodes, I have spoken in depth around AI and I've used AI to articulate my vision and my perspective on how this technology is going to fundamentally change the way that business is done and how marketers operate on a day-to-day basis. What I want to dive into in this episode is specifically my perspective on how AI can influence marketers and some of the roles in which it can play on our lives, on our careers, in the way that we operate on a day-to-day basis. Here's a truth that I believe. Marketers who ignore artificial intelligence today are going to have the same fate as those marketers who ignored social media in 2015 and the ones who ignored SEO in 2009. They will be filled with regret. They will look back at this moment at this time and wish that if they heard my voice saying these words about artificial intelligence, that they didn't sit on the sidelines, but instead they embraced it. They embraced AI because AI is changing the way that business is done. It's changing the way that marketing is done. Over the last few months alone, research has showed that artificial intelligence has had a net positive impact on so many different things. Even the White House published a piece back in 2022 outlining the actual net positives of how AI was improving productivity, efficiency, and how it was ultimately making workers more effective. It broke it down in depth all of the economic opportunities that came from AI and how all of the publications that were surging through the market were ultimately going to lead to an increase in adoption across employees, across companies, across organizations, and ultimately that would have an impact on the bottom line of these businesses. In that exact same paper, there's no question that it articulated and shared that there's likely going to be some challenges that come with the rise of AI. There's no question that when you look at a lot of jobs, when you think of the way that things were done 10, 15 years ago, the same way that robotics have played a significant role in replacing the warehouse worker and a lot of the blue-collar workers that we have grown to know as humans over decades of our lives, artificial intelligence is doing the exact same thing to white collar jobs. This is a reality. This is not something that we can put back into a box. This is simply the truth. There are also a significant amount of productivity gains that can be found on the back of AI. Again, studies have shown this to be true. So whether we like it or not, whether we hate AI or not, the truth is AI is here. And with AI being here comes another reality that we all must face, that it is changing the way we work. But still, a lot of teams are making the mistake that assuming that AI isn't right to them for a wide range of different challenges and reasons. But the truth is this, AI can work with most brands. 
It can work with most people. It can work with most company cultures. If you have a culture, if you have an open mind. In this episode, I'm going to give you a glimpse into how I've been experimenting with artificial intelligence. I'm going to share with you some of the workflows that I've been able to embrace, some of the techniques that I've used as a marketer to leverage AI to be more efficient, be faster, more effective. And hopefully, I can give you a glimpse into the future for some, but the present for many. When it comes down to it, for me, I believe that AI is fundamentally changing the way that business is going to be done for decades to come. I'm going all in. I believe that there's no reason not to. When you think about AI and you think about the opportunities in front of us, there's no question in my mind that AI is changing the way that we do business. And in this episode, I hope to share with you exactly how it is done. Let's talk about one of my favorite topics, AI in the research process. You see, for many, research feels like a draining task. Personally, I love it. I love research. Now, I use good old-fashioned old-fashioned, go to books, go to libraries, go to journals, go to studies, go to white papers, download them, read them, consume them to get my sources for research that I'm doing. Yes, I'll grab data from third-party tools, etc. as a marketer and use that to inform my research, but ChatGPT and some of these AI tools can also be a massive unlock when it comes to reports. Now, here's one thing that I will throw out as a caveat. Yes, ChatGPT has a ton of information that it can pull from and give you, but some of that information isn't always 100% accurate. Sometimes it will hallucinate. Sometimes it will make things up. And you have to be willing and committed to actually doing the digging, to do the research, to ensure that the things that you are hearing, the things that you are reading are actually true because ChatGPT can be quite convincing. Now, the issue that comes with the traditional type of research is that you typically need to go through hundreds of pages of irrelevant data and information just to find two pages that are actually absolute gold. Now, the biggest benefit of AI is that it can save you this headache. It can streamline that process. Today, AI can quickly analyze a document, review that document in full, and then give you a summary, a key point, and give that back to you within the matter of seconds. For example, just to play with it, just to have some fun. I took one of my favorite movies, Boondock Saints, and I uploaded the script directly to ChatGPT, and I asked ChatGPT to go and pull a few key insights from that script. Within the matter of seconds, it pulled them and it shared them back with me, and it gave me a flashback into memory, into one of my favorite films. You see, the benefit here is that if you are a marketer, if you are a creator, if you are any type of business person, you can use AI to analyze reports. Now, I'm going to throw out another caveat. There is some risk here because if you upload your information to ChatGPT, there is insights and I think there's a confirmation and validation. I'll have to double check on this, but I'm pretty sure that it uses all of the things that you put in to actually learn about what's next. Now, there are some settings, I believe, that you can turn off that makes it so it doesn't learn on what you input. And that would probably be beneficial to a lot of people. But you have to be careful. You have to be careful about where you're uploading your info because some of these reports that you might be sharing might not necessarily be public knowledge. And if a chat GPT or an AI is learning on your tools, on your information that you're uploading, you could imagine if somebody goes in and they say, hey, what? how much does so-and-so make and how much revenue did they generate last year and who are their top customers? And ChatGPT actually has the answers because you uploaded all of that information. This is where it gets tricky, right? 
this is where you have to be careful and you need to ensure that the information that you upload is information that you are comfortable with ChatGPT using. At Foundation, we don't upload any of our clients' information directly to ChatGPT because we know that their information is their information. Now, if I'm uploading a blog post that I wrote five weeks ago and asking ChatGPT to improve that blog post or write an email that should summarize that blog post, that's a whole different ballgame. Publicly available information going into ChatGPT is fine. But when you are starting to upload your own personal data, those reports that are yours have proprietary data, research insight, and information that might be sensitive, that's when you might want to calm down a little bit. Put your foot on the brake instead of the gas. Let's get tactical a little bit on this one because I think it's important that you understand how to use this. So what I've done with ChatGPT is I've used a handful of different plugins. Some of these plugins don't still exist. One was called Access PDF Indocs. I know, very creative, but that's what it was called. Another one was called Access Link. I don't know if it's also still available. But what you're able to do with these tools is if you take a document, even a PDF or a Google Doc or any other type of asset that exists and is scannable because it has text on it, if you find one of these resources, then you upload them to your Google Drive. You can then share that link with ChatGPT and you can say within the matter of minutes, hey, ChatGPT, I want you, this is using ChatGPT4 in the plugins, just to caveat this. I want you to review this report and give me some insights back. For example, something that I enjoy doing because I'm an investment geek. I love to review investment presentations from SaaS companies and study them. I took Salesforce's Investor Day presentation. I uploaded it to ChatGPT and I said, hey, ChatGPT, I want you to pretend that you are a McKinsey analyst. I want you to review this business report and give me some summaries surrounding some of the key insights that I should know as a potential investor in Salesforce and make a determination of whether or not I should actually invest. In the matter of seconds, I had a summary from ChatGPT, which I validated to make sure, surrounding Salesforce's TAM, the growth associated with their TAM, their compound annual growth rate. I had a detailed information around one of their most significant drivers of growth being customer 360 and how it was impacting their annual average re- annual recurring revenue. I had insights around their various industries that were showing significant growth, as well as the power of geographic expansion that they were seeing in the international markets. All of this happened and was delivered to me within the matter of seconds, and I didn't actually have to open the actual PDF to read it. I also didn't have to hire an analyst for that insight and for that information. You can do the same thing with the balance sheet. You can do the same thing with an income statement. You upload this information to ChatGPT. You include the scrape or access link file. And within the matter of seconds, it will review that information and give you back insights. Let me take this a step further to give you an insight into how it can be used as a marketer. So me as a marketer, one of the KPIs that I'm oftentimes measured on is how much traffic our team is generating for our clients. Are we driving social referral traffic through the distribution engines that we're running? Are we driving an increase in search visibility through a wide range of different platforms like desktop and mobile? Are we seeing an increase in organic visits, direct visits, referring visits, et cetera, and so much more? If we go to a tool like Moz and we actually did a competitive analysis between one brand and the next, we can upload that same report to Google Drive and then ask Moz, I mean, ask ChatGPTs, excuse me, to give us some insight, to give us insight around whether or not this company, this organization is doing better than they were last year. And again, within the matter of seconds, ChatGPT will give us that answer. Where does this get interesting? 
it gets interesting because there's no analyst, there's no reporter, there's no person, there's no human involved in this process. I get that answer. I can then copy and paste that and send it over to a client. And the client now has a summary to go with the report that was just written. This is the power of AI. ChatGPT doesn't have a limitation that lives and lives and dies exclusively with PDF reports. You can also upload data sets. As an example, in SEO, we are often tasked with looking through complex data surrounding keyword research, search intent, cost per click, and so much more. Using ChatGPT, you can give it a few simple ideas that it can then use to create better recommendations. What do I mean by that? You can go to ChatGPT today and you can say, hey, ChatGPT, read this blog post on how to make a great blog post title and how to craft a piece of content that is optimized for search. So let's say you find a best practices article that happens to be published on the site like foundationinc.co. You take that article, you share it with ChatGPT and you say, great, you probably have a great understanding now of how to do best practices for SEO. I want you to now go into this data set surrounding a wide range of keywords that are relevant to my industry. This is a data set that I exported from Ahrefs or from Moz that breaks down all of the keyword volume, the parent keyword, when it was last updated, where it's showing in the SERP, all the data that matters to make a decision that a, a specialist or an SEO would use to come up with content ideas. And you're going to say, ChatGPT, I want you to use the insight that you learned from that blog post to make recommendations on the actual blog post that we should create based off of this keyword research and also doing a SERP analysis of what's actually showing up in Google today within these keywords. Okay, ChatGPT goes and does that. At this point, you'll be equipped with 30-some content campaigns. It's amazing, right? You can ask it to give you these pieces and actually turn them into a spreadsheet now. There's actually one called Make a Sheet. That's a plugin that goes into ChatGPT. And you can say, hey, ChatGPT, would you mind making this into a spreadsheet for me and exporting it? They'll do exactly that. Now, once this is complete, things can get even more interesting. What do I mean? And get even more interesting because you can now take these pieces, all these titles, all these topics that you've now identified, and you can take them over to a tool like Copy AI. You can take them over to a tool like Jasper. And within the matter of seconds, you can take these tools over there and you can ask these tools to create a piece of content that uses the topic, the title that came from ChatGPT as the starting point and to create subheaders that take on bullet points around research and insights that would be valuable to your audience. This is where content creation starts to get a whole lot more scalable and a whole lot more scary, to be honest. It gets scary because you can actually tell ChatGPT to pretend that they are a writer for a certain publication, to write this piece as if they were that writer, to identify data sources to kind of make reference to, and then within the matter of seconds, even tell it to pitch a few different story ideas and compile an outline and a brief for that title and then write a blog post. You can do the same thing in phrase. You can take the entire titles, all the titles that ChatGPT gave you, upload them into Phrase using AI within Phrase and the tool. It will create for you the briefs, and from those briefs, you will have the ability to see how it recommends topics using what's showing up in the SERP. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. Once you've done this, you can essentially click a button, and it will go out and pre-develop blog posts based off of the content and the brief that it has created for itself. So not only can you use AI to come up with ideas, you can also use AI 
to write an outline in a brief. Not only can you use AI to write an outline in a brief, use AI to create the final copy that comes from the brief. It's a fascinating time, folks. It is a wild, wild time. You can simply tell Jasper, copy AI, ChatGPT, to write a certain thing on, on a certain topic. And within the matter of seconds, you will get exactly that. That is the most fascinating and interesting part of ChatGPT, in my opinion. But it doesn't end there, folks. AI doesn't live and end with the written content, although so many people think it does. It's a mistake, though, folks. I know that everybody's excited about ChatGPT, and for good reason. That said, I did recently read a report that said that some of the usage has started to drop down, and I think that's simply because a lot of people aren't seeing the utility beyond that initial tinkering and experimentation and don't really see how it becomes a part of their their day-to-day lives. And I think that might be a bit of a mistake from people and that they might be sitting on with ChatGPT a lot of opportunities. I believe it. I'm trying to capitalize on it. And I think there's a lot of opportunities with it. But here's one that also stands out to me. It's MidJourney. If you haven't heard me talk about MidJourney before, MidJourney is an AI image creation tool that helps people create anything that they can imagine. And it's something that for marketers, I believe can save you a ton of time and a ton of money. You go into login to MidJourney, you have to do it using a tool called Discord, and you can essentially get them to create an image in any way, shape, or form. You can go in and you can say, hey, take this photo of me and turn me into Sherlock Holmes. I literally did this. And it created a picture of me wearing a coat that looks like kind of like Idris Elba style from the movie Luther. I'm sitting down at a table with a a coffee in my hand, a pen. Um, My hair looks pretty realistic and it kind of looks like me. It's not exactly me, but it looks kind of like me. And I shared this on social and people were literally replying to the post saying, Ross, I love your jacket. Your style looks amazing. I love the way that this photo, it wasn't real. I didn't try to make it look real. I didn't even think people would think it was me because it doesn't look that much like me, but they thought it was me. What I'm saying is mid-journey is really, really good. But Ross, what about the fingers? What about all the fingers? You might have six fingers. They fixed it. They fixed it, folks. The fingers thing has been fixed. A lot of people were saying, for good reason, I said it too, in the early days, the images were broken because half the time you had six fingers or one finger was pointing in a way that it wouldn't have pointed to. It was very, very strange. But now with their technology, they've been able to improve the fingers. And now five fingers are on your hand. And if they aren't, you can actually just identify that and it will fix the hand for you within the matter again in seconds. This is what I think is the reality of mid-journey. Mid-journey is going to equip marketers with the ability to turn anything that they can imagine into reality. And they are cutting out the middle man or woman or person, whatever you want to call it, that would help them in creating those visuals. For example, in the past, marketers spent billions of dollars every single year on stock photos. You don't need to spend that money on stock photos when you have access to a tool that can, within the matter of seconds, create any visual that you can imagine with your mind. Literally, I wrote a blog post on SaaS pricing. And in that blog post, I needed to show the difference between a few different pricing options using a movie 
um, example where when you go to the movie, if you buy popcorn, it might cost $4. But if you buy popcorn and uh, coffee, you'll get it for $6.50. But if you get popcorn, coffee, and chocolate bar, it's $7.50. And you're looking at that and you're like, oh, well, $6.50 is a steal. I'm just going to get that, right? <laughs> you get the $7.50 one because that one is the deal. The decoy is the $650. They don't actually want to sell you that. And you don't buy it because $4 to $650 is too much. But also $650 to $750 is like, oh, it's only a dollar more for a chocolate bar. I'm going for that, right? So, so long story getting shorter. That doesn't even matter to this blog, to this, this podcast. What I want you to know is I wrote this piece of content. And when I wrote this piece of content, I need to come up with this visual that showed popcorn, coffee, and a chocolate bar. I didn't need to get a stock photo. I didn't need to get a designer. I went to Midjourney and I got those images and those images were created in that blog post, generated thousands of visits within the matter of seconds of it going live. This is the power of these tools, folks. They can do numbers. They can replace the work that sometimes we would have thought would forever be humans. And I know that's scary for some of you. I know some of you might be upset at me for even suggesting that design work can be replaced by an AI, but the truth is in the pudding. You literally can. You can go to these tools, Midjourney, and you can get a design of a logo created in the matter of seconds without any stress of making a designer upset, without any stress of having to make iterations and pay for additional edits and changes to your work and your, your creative. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that designers aren't important. I'm not saying that designers shouldn't still have a job. They shouldn't, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be on the payroll. I tried to use Midjourney to create a handful of different illustrations for Foundation's website. You know what happened? It was a complete disaster. The images made no sense. None of them were consistent. None of them were actually able to be used because they just didn't match. And it took me a lot of time to try to get them close. So as much as I want to say these tools are going to replace designers, we still have a lot of time. We still have a lot of time, or at least we have a lot of time until I'm able to figure out how to replace them with these tools. Some applications, no question about it, you can do it, but I think there's still time that is needed for these tools to get it right. Now, here's another one. I want to give this one a plug. This is a, a cool tool that helps with the visuals in your creating content. It's called Whimsical. Whimsical has a ChatGPT plugin where you can tell ChatGPT to read a blog post, right? They're using Link Reader or Scraper or one of those tools. And then say to Whimsical, you turn that one on too. It's a plugin in ChatGPT4. And you're going to say, I want you to develop a flowchart or a graphic that summarizes some of the key concepts in this blog post. And in the matter of seconds, it will create a flowchart for you. Mind blowing, right? This is the world that we live in, folks. It's actually, though, just the beginning. You know, I came across a, a chart from McKinsey when I was writing this piece, and it was talking about how generative AI could create additional value potential above what is being unlocked than ever before, right? The amount of economic potential is in the $25 trillion range. We're not talking about a billion dollar opportunity. This is trillions of dollars. So yes, you can resist it. You can avoid it. You can ignore it. But keep in mind, this same technology, artificial intelligence, that you might think, oh, it's not good enough to be used in my work, is actually being used right now as you listen to these words to identify cancers that the human eye couldn't see. 
We have clients at Foundation who have used AI to create workflows that were impossible because they had too many people involved. We worked with literal clients who have used AI to do pre-screening of cancer. And for some reason, many people in this industry, not a lot, not all, I'm not gonna say all, but many still, think that AI is a, a fad, that it's not, gonna, it's not going to have any impact on marketers, that it's dying and that, that because ChatGPT's usage is dying, that AI is dying. <laughs> that couldn't be further than the truth, folks. The technology is just getting started. I have not felt the way I feel right now about artificial intelligence since the day I walked into my library in university and I saw a bunch of people on Facebook playing Jetman and I realized at that moment that social media was going to be the future. Now, I am confident that AI is going to do the same and have the same impact, if not more, than social media did. It's going to be fascinating to watch, folks. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I hope you capitalize on it. I hope you capitalize on it. And remember, don't use this thing to cause harm. Use this thing to go out and create something great. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down.